Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. All good over here. What about you? Yeah, all good, all good. Um, we, we're we heading into December pretty damn soon. I know. I can't get my head around it, if I'm honest. Mm, I know. It's been a wild one. Um, are you looking forward to Christmas? I don't know what there is to look forward to at this point. Um <laughs> So if you're not in the UK, um, this is what like the situation is for us that they've announced like our Christmas plan that three mm. households can mix um, for Christmas time, uh, which isn't many households. No, the whole thing is a shambles. Like the whole thing, it just... <laughs> let's, let's be funny. honest. <laughs> like my parents have three children, and none of them live at home. So what? They're meant That's to choose their two. Yeah. So they're meant to choose their two favorites. Like, are you serious? <laughs> I don't think you're going to make the cut, Scarlett, because you don't have a newborn baby. <laughs> exactly. They would choose. Those I don't babies make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, and also like. Um, I'm sure anyone who is in the UK is sick of sick to death of it all anyway. But mm. as if people are following, gonna follow the rules. Like that's no just more, more what gets me. Like people aren't following them at the moment as it is. Like granted, maybe it's like too 80% much are. But like, there's no way people aren't gonna see family at Christmas time. Like, um, so I just kind of wish that they would just go. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, anyway yeah what, what else have you been doing other than thinking about I f- christmas i finished my knitted project of a cardigan okay. um it just needs the buttons sewing on so i'm really pleased with that and i also can't believe like i've made i mean i've made stuff before don't get me wrong i made two jumpers when i was at uni but it just feels like such a distant pass i'm like oh my god i've made this but yeah, so that was thrilling that that came to an end this week. Co- accomplished all my Christmas shopping. Um, oh my God. I haven't, I've, I've barely scratched the surface. Well, it's Black Friday, make the most of it. Oh God, yeah. I just, so yeah, I bought, I, I like, and today's payday for me. So like, I was like, I literally oh, well bought everything. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the real. <laughs> that's the real scoop. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to feel festive. We'll get there. We'll get there. How about you? Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, we've actually ordered a TV and it's supposed <gasps> to be coming either like today or tomorrow, we reckon. Wow. Uh, so there was a little bit of rearranging the front room. Nice. Like, because we had a TV stand, but it was filled with like arty stuff and like puzzles that we'd frame. <laughs> yeah, we frame puzzles, guys, in this household. Um, so we had just ornaments and bits and bobs on it and it had to be rehoused to make space for this new TV. We're not really sure how big it's going to really be. Mm. TVs are a funny thing. It's about getting the right size, like from the distance, yeah. from the sofa and all that stuff. So yeah, it's a tricky one. And I'm going to like, I'm going to say I'm in a furnished flat, mm. but we have a whopper of a TV. That what, what size is it? I couldn't even tell you. I feel like it's like the biggest TV you could get. Because <laughs> my, uh, about a year and a half ago or something, I remember going to my parents' house and they bought this massive TV. Like, yeah. it's just a giant. They ruin you for life though, because all other TVs look like an iPad in comparison. Yeah, it's so... <laughs> 
that's the thing like we were all joking like oh why'd you buy such a big tv oh, fun and games and then when we started thinking about buying a tv i asked my mum. i was like how big is your tv and she's like it's 65 and i was like no no it's not because we've bought a 65 and now we're thinking it's it's going to be comical when it arrives yeah hit us, hit us up please one of you out there can you tell me like Send me a picture of your TV and the size. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, we will be too late. But yeah, it's a it's tough. That's a good size telly, though. Like, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, I am ruined for life, and our TV's a little bit on the blink, and we're terrified that if we tell our landlord, he won't replace it with the same size TV. Oh, (laughs) and so we're like dealing with it. And we're just like terrified that we're gonna get like an iPad replacement, <laughs> and so like we just aren't acknowledging it because we just want this basically what feels like a cinema screen for our flat. Um, oh, but yeah. Um, what is your fashion story this week, Mim? Oh, so my fashion story—it's only a little one, but it's kind of cute. I. This is what I was saying before that I sent you something over Instagram <laughs> and I and I I sent it for you to like have a look at and then um I realized only like days after that I'd sent it to the wrong person. So um Prada came out with this like really cute dog jacket. Yeah, it's you like a little it? doggy backpack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really cute. I like they i think the picture that i've seen it on is on like a dashend yes yeah i think you might have seen it yeah they've literally got it for like the smallest dog size and i'm imagining there's like other sizes or like yeah or you just loosen the straps and it fits Hang most... on, i think someone's at my door oh okay good my postwoman has like the boldest knock a lady oh. has ever had and she's just, just trying to get things done it's terrifying um, <laughs> But I've got some Christmas lights, so... Oh, nice. I'm really excited. That's, yeah, that's um, something we need to do, actually. A tree and all those Christmas things. Mm. Anyway. Um, Continue. Also, I've learned from Mr. Big that it's a Dachshund. Yeah, Dax, yeah. Not a Dachshund. He's got the pronunciation, hasn't he? Yeah. So, um, now, yeah, so it is a Dachshund. It's a little cute... Mm cute one yeah that is something worth investing in <laughs> you want to buy into luxury well and also then your dog can carry its own poo bags treats that's true yeah because prada has those little like zip up yeah like it's and it's nylon like it'll be like washable or wipeable at the very least yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. this is um something you'll see on dogs all around chelsea very early 2000s with pet accessories yeah very um Louis Vuitton dog baskets yeah (laughs) what's your fashion story so my fashion story has actually just changed because it's I've just had an (laughs) alert ping up on my phone oh okay a BBC news alert and for once it's not about covid so hallelujah um and it is announcing basically that Arcadia is on the brink of collapse and just saying how like they think um another additional 13,000 jobs will be at risk because of how badly Arcadia is doing. Well, they've had issues for a while, a couple years now. And for the last year, Topshop has had a sale on Mm -hmm. some form of a product, whether it's shoes, whether it's everything, whether it's coats, whether it's dresses, whether it's blouses, every week Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. every week they've took on they've really taken on this boohoo model (laughs) i'm shitting on boohoo again (laughs) (laughs) but they did take on this very boohoo pretty little thing model where it's like every week is a sale or clearance and discount code but it's because they have to yeah they but even yeah they've been having a tough time for a while and then sir philip green had like been getting a lot of backlash in the past he's disgusting (laughs) yeah um (laughs) But it's it's funny how, I don't know, there's probably like an explanation to it, 
but a brand, Topshop, international brand that everyone buys stuff from. Mm. Everyone has something from Topshop. My mum has stuff from Topshop. Everyone. It's like it's everyone's like got like a pair of jeans, probably from Topshop, or exactly. like it's a very much like especially for me I'm Mm. kind of growing out of it or like definitely notice at times like there'll be trends where I'm like oh I don't want every piece of my clothing to have be cropped yeah Um, (laughs) yeah and stuff like that but like every now and then they'll still have stuff which is like I feel like is really relevant to my style yeah it's like somewhat affordable like some things are quite pricey for what they are but if you wait but for like, a sale it's all good and like it's kind of that go-to of if you wanted a new item mm. like for me i do the rounds of like the likes of azara ASOS, a top shop asos loving mango at the moment it's a bit yeah. hit and miss for me but like i've got i've got a mango, mango secret for you um, <gasps> that i've been using for years but i don't know if i should tell you on the podcast or if i should because i don't want it to like ruin you can it edit me. it out We interrupt this broadcast to remind you go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod. Shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do. So that is my secret, my mango secret. Um, this is the part where I, we re-enter into the regular conversation. Mim, stop editing. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, it's just kind of sad. Like that, I know the high street's not having a great moment, but I just think it's really sad that it's just in a really bad way. Well, the high street's been suffering for years now. Mm. Really, it's been on a decline. But <clears throat> sorry, what was like? What I was gonna say is that everyone has something from Topshop, almost Selfridge, or the other brands that they own, and it just surprises me that a company this big that employs this many people that is still so popular and is still, you know, like they've yeah. got something for everyone. How can it go under? Like, what is going on? Like, I'm not being funny. How are like the likes of other stores? How are the likes of like? I can't even think. Like. I know Dorothy Perkins is under the same umbrella, so like that's yeah. a bad example. Mm. But like even Warehouse, like don't get me wrong, I actually really like Warehouse. I love Warehouse. But like it's not really one of my go-tos. Um, the main reason I discover stuff from them now is because of ASOS. Like, or how is the like of a new look still kind of going? Like, um, Yeah, what what is new? And like like accessorize. Yeah. It's still about soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, you just, it always seems to be Arcadia. And like you said, like, actually, Arcadia's got some pretty successful, like, stuff under its belt. Like, Topshop is surely the most popular retail. Yeah, it's the like, crown in there. It's the jewel in their crown, I should say. Yeah. Not the crown um, in their <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, so that, like, that's crazy. And also, like, as if we need pe- more people losing jobs right now. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but that really does, um, also this could be a different topic for a different time Topshop's been having a lot of problems for a long time so this is like this was inevitable there's Mm. only so long you can kind of hold off a bankruptcy um but I do feel like all this COVID stuff with stores being closed and whatever I think there's a lot of companies out there who are just offloading people that they really don't need to be like yeah my like and I, I I really do think and like it's not a jolly thought but like when furlough does finally come to an end the amount of people who i think will be streamlining their company will be like it will be insane yeah i agree so um do you want to introduce our topic for today sure um so like we said we're sort of this this series or this this decade of <laughs> this <laughs> 10 of um episodes we're um browsing brands basically and the brand that we want to talk about today is I'm going to title this brand or give it the give it the little name of Mm. like the lost 
the lost luxury brand mm. um and that is lanvan i think that's how yeah. you say it it's yeah. not lonvin or like yeah. i think that's how you say it it's lanvan um, i think yeah. yeah um but yeah so we're talking all things lanvan and basically um going to give you like a brief history of the brand um and then kind of talk about why it's kind of not on like the hit list like why it's not sort of thought of in a similar way as chanel dior louis Mm. um louis v um so yeah would you like to start (laughs) okay yeah i'll um i'll just start a little bit but I'm sure you have like a lot of the same kind of Mm. start off points is that there are many people who don't know the brand, I think, but there equally are a lot of people who do know the brand and know it to be a very famous Parisian house. It's, It's actually, they've said on their website and it's kind of been noted around as well that a fashion house in like the most modern sense where you have like ready to wear footwear, kids, homeware, things like that. Lanvin was like the first to do it. And it was started by a woman. She was a milliner, Jeanne, Janine, Jeanne. I can't, I can't say her name. I'm sorry. Uh, In 1889, when she was only 22 in Paris. So she was super young, super keen. She was a milliner and she started her own hat shop, essentially. And do you mean Jean? Like Jean? No, it's spelled G-E-A-N-N-E. Yeah, I, think, I think it's just Jeanne Jean, or Jean. Jean. Oh, like, okay, okay. Like Jean-Claude, but like... Yeah, yeah, feminine, yeah. <laughs> like the feminine version. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? There's some names I could that be really wrong. throw me I could off. I be wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some names. Okay. Um, apologies. So in 1987, mm-hmm. she gave birth to her daughter and... Lanvin's symbol is the mother and the child and it's mm-hmm. like this little illustration as their logo and that's essentially what it represents and her daughter was said to have become her like muse and she started designing clothes for her daughter like the best fabrics the best designs and their the other kids and their mothers kind of took note and other mums wanted to buy into what she was making for her own daughter. And that's when you really see the beginning of her branching out into different um, departments and really made a big name for Lanvin. And this is the end of the 1800s we're talking about. So this was before like where we know Dior as being really coming up post second world war into this new era of fashion yeah Lanvin was establishing fashion houses as a woman way before and that's really interesting I think it really puts into perspective many of us don't know about this brand although they are like reinventing themselves now and only like beginning to it's amazing that they were like the first to do it in high society Parisian culture and now other brands have completely taken taken its place what are you thinking yeah I mean it's it's got so much heritage and like the same heritage to rival all the all the top brands that we all know and love and it's kind Mm. of it's sad to me that somewhere along the way that's been somewhat lost and obviously we'll kind of delve into our own theories of why that Mm. might be um but yeah it it was born in just like the most sort of naturally organic like very female-led brand which is actually quite unusual as well for that time like I know Coco did it but like she had um financial backing but she's also kind of labeled as like a pioneer Mm. as being like this female frontier and I know that was more because she redefined women's clothing she gave women trousers and things like that Mm. but where's the girl power for Jeanne, Jean, whatever her name is, Jean-Claude Lavan. (laughs) (laughs) Where is like that kind of praise for for her being a woman that started a brand that still exists today. Mm. Um, It's like the oldest continuing fashion house. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I kind of find that like the history's 
somehow been lost a little bit along the way. And yeah, actually, before before we were looking into this episode, I had no idea that it was founded by a female. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't really know either, but I only knew Lan Van from and I think maybe like how other people know is one of their creative directors who had been around for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a while ago, there might have been a collab with H&M or something like that. Yeah, they, and yeah I, they did. They had a collab with H&M in 2010. Ah, there you go. And I think that was my first introduction into the brand. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was going to go on to say sort of, but you've brought it up now. So why not now? Um, I, I, yeah, I feel like as well, it kind of like, I guess I feel like a detective because they have done so many of the things that like, all brands strive to do to become more known amongst the masses and recognize they did the H&M collection. I don't know when H&M collection started, but it's got to be one of like the earlier collections. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they were very forward thinking and that, like all of that stuff. And I just still feel like it's just somehow it's not on like the lips of everybody. Like, I don't think we've referenced land van in this entire podcast so far no you know, no we haven't like real off brands we yeah never, we never ne- never there's <laughs> just like i don't know there's just got to be a really weird reason for that well i think also because um a lot of what media is driven by and subsequently our podcast and what we talk about and what our fashion stories consist of is around what's hype at the moment what's new at the moment what's getting all the attention on social media but there's more to to fashion than that there are brands that have been around for a really long I mean we've spoken about Bottega Veneta it was like it's not the oldest brand out there yeah but it was like a moving quietly you know going along doing its thing releasing pieces that its customer base were really enjoying and only up until recently has it been on the lips of fashion um columnists and influencers and things like that so these things like swings and roundabouts really they come and they go and they become popular and then sometimes they just move to the background yeah yeah so this brand as you've like said it was a pioneer in 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 lots of ways like there's still there's a picture um that I hope I've saved because I'll want to send it to you. But it was this Lan Van store and it was like massive. And then just in front of the store was this like little Hermes store. And it was just like putting into perspective, like at the time, mm. Lan Van was like top dog. It seems like it had this really big store yeah. and Hermes like had this like little, like nice, but smaller one. They in had a front of it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> This designer, you know, was the first to introduce um, made-to-measure clothing lines for men. Obviously, men have always been able to get, like, suits made and stuff. But in terms of, like, suits, ties, pajamas, sportswear, and you could get stuff for your kids as well. And obviously, women could come into the store and do the same. And they they offered, like, women the chance to, like, they would store your furs in their store for the summer. And you could just, like, come and, like, bring it out during the winter when you needed to use it so yeah like it has this long history and it's like can it can it revive itself now to a really wildly popular successful brand that's like the hot ticket now well they have recently in the past couple of years I think it's 2018 they've brought on a new creative director called Bruno Sait Lely yeah. um, and he came over from the wave and I think from my perspective you can really see the parallels that mm. these new collections draw from other successful brands like the wave yeah and so whilst we're on the topic of sort of designers and creative directors I'm going to like put my finger on like, so also I think it's important to note that um, Lan Van has a majority stakeholder mm. who is a, a Chinese stakeholder. Mm-hmm. And I sort of 
seen quite a few articles where there's almost like this allegation that this stakeholder does not invest enough in the company and about it this was about three years ago Lanvan was still again like just it's just not hyped it's not hugely popular and Mm. the figures were like not looking great um and like I guess this person just hasn't like become a stakeholder as a passion project and mm. they're really trying to work on this person investing in the brand so that they can kind of re- make Lanvan what it used to be and re kind of generate it. But there's been so much change in mm-hmm. designers. So from in the last kind of in the last like four years, mm-hmm. yeah, they've had three different women's wear collection designers. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's that's a recipe for tragedy like if I ever saw one that like a you can't achieve much in a year. Like yeah. how how can you like you probably haven't even seen like the sale through <laughs> of mm. that collection by the time that person's at the door and maybe Lanvan's not a great work environment. I don't know if it's that. Well, that's the thing because but four um, designers in 4 years. So they had a corrective designer. The most famous one from like my perspective is Albert Elbaz. And he was there for 14 years. He oversaw everything. Yeah. Yeah. And he was there for a long time and he was like the kind of like the face of it. Um, And they, he, he kind of left the brand in like an acrimonious kind of toxic way. It wasn't the most like, cordial um situation so I think after that drama um and there were like claims that you know they had poor quality and things like that after that drama I think maybe it was hard to find who's the best person to take over this brand as well as Elbaz has or has a sense of direction as much as he did well, so the crazy, so since Elbaz, they haven't had, so he did it all. So he did men's, women's, but since then, mm. separate people doing men's and there's separate people doing women's. Mm. And I think that's not always easy. I think, yeah. especially when you're that kind of a brand, you need an overarching person. You need an overarching touch like you need mm. it all to be aligned. It's like the vision. It's yeah. like we were talking about Gucci. Yeah like as eclectic and all over the place as it is yeah you like you know it's Gucci yeah they're coming out with stuff that no one else is gonna do but yeah so it it basically is st- like the the chopping in change has started ever since Alba left mm-hmm. and I wonder if that's because he left this kind of legacy that people can't live up to mm. or or maybe has like made things so difficult for someone to come in and put their own touch yeah um, but yeah I think there's something that kind of hopefully Bruno I'm not even going to attempt his surname um <laughs> hopefully like he'll be there for at least like two or three years I think you need you need a few years to get your foot in the door and like give yourself a good go um so hopefully um and he's doing both men and women's. So that's the first time that's happened since mm. Albert left. So hopefully that'll actually be really good for Lamba. And also yeah. like Bruno's got some great, he's also got Balenciaga under his belt as well as yeah. Uwe. So like those are big brands. That's like a yeah. lot of responsibility. Yeah, for sure. I think like Lueve as well, I think is really having a moment. It's got a really cool um artisanal kind of like direction like I was talking they they have those candles and they're like in these Mm. these kind of like pottery jars and and their store is very much like this museum for artwork artisanal artwork but also like this store that's not just about clothes they've got a really cool aesthetic there and I think that if he's coming from like jw anderson's world that he could probably replicate something like that at lanvan because i think there's so much potential have you seen the have you seen the recent shows like spring summer 21 um 
I definitely have seen it, but yeah, it, it did it didn't like last, if that makes sense. Mm. Um but I, I think like I think that's kind of a key thing is mm. when we spoke about Bottega, you instantly think of products. Well, like yeah. Well, we did and mm. instantly think and you can either see the weaving or you think of that clutch or the pouch they call it um you you see those shoes with the squared off toes like you see mm. things when you think of Bottega what do you think of when you think of Lamba I think it's too early to tell like I have I follow them online so I see yeah. the stuff and I've seen stuff that I like but in general, yeah, I completely agree with you. But we could argue that it's because, like, Bottega's gifting stuff right, left and centre. True. Yeah. And we're seeing product in the, in the you know, atmosphere out there being worn with other stuff and being pushed from left, right and centre from all these influences that we follow. And I think in this day and age, if you're not following that format mm. and you're a big fashion house I'm not talking about like smaller brands but if you're a big fashion house and there's a lot of money behind you that is the course of action because like if you look at if you look at um Maria Grazia's Dior Mm. nothing nothing to write home about let's face it pretty stuff but nothing to write home about but it's plastered all over instagram (laughs) and it's selling and i heard a while back that it's become the the new eight like it's become the new chinese like chinese craze yeah i i heard that it's the first time in a long time that ready to wear for a brand like that is selling and people are buying into the clothes not just the the accessories which is such a big deal so yeah i think it would it would need lanvan to be doing a lot of gifting and a lot of that sort of which also just requires a crazy marketing budget Mm. potentially can't justify when your figures aren't high but the only way to get your figures high is arguably to make that push it's like you have to Um, spend money to make money sort of rule yeah because when I was trying to research like what is the land van like it product what is their most sold like I couldn't really find anything mm. and all that kept popping up was perfume and I was like that's not really even what we talk about yeah. um <laughs> so uh, yeah I and I do think it's because of the culture that we have that we if we don't see it on Instagram we mm. don't think it's relevant that our, inf- our like favorite influencers aren't like wearing it or talking about it yeah and then I kind of then looked into okay so is it like a big thing in the celebrity sphere like how does it do on red carpets Mm. and I can't say it's all that present there Mm. so we'll definitely post these pictures on Instagram but like Emma Stone Mm -hmm. has like has championed Lanvan for quite a few years like she's got the most I could see red carpet looks and famous Mm. like Kim wore I think it maybe like her first met okay but for in recent years it's not plastered everywhere either so like um yeah I feel like they need to either they need to choose I mean one or the other maybe are they gonna follow influencers or are they gonna be that celeb loved celeb endorsed I think celeb endorsed is so like so passe (laughs) well and also actually like you don't get money like you gift the you Mm. gift things to celebs and like very rarely do I see a celebrity wearing something and go oh I want that now (laughs) yeah exactly it's I think also because traditionally celebs used to have not all of them of course they would like there'd be random celebs you have to go to an event and they would get gifted an outfit and whatnot. But there's um, celebrities who would have like long standing contracts with some of the brands. They would be like mm-hmm. the face of, of the, the ambassador. Whereas now it's kind of like with influencers, brands can like working with someone one day and then the next they're like, mm, return investments, not worth it. I'm going to move on to someone else who can draw in those sales and those numbers and stuff. And it's, one thing that influencers do better than celebrities is they're able to showcase like the cheaper bits mm-hmm. within a lifestyle, like an ordinary lifestyle to like more than like how many of us are going on the red carpet? None of us. 
And that's really the time that we see celebrities wear these things. But if you can see someone at home Mm -hmm. or walking their dog wearing Lamb Van shoes and you see that often enough, it becomes more on your radar and those brands kind of step out of the darkness and become like viable brands that you want to buy into. Yeah. And I was was saying this sort of example of the way our minds work to my flatmate yesterday Mm. that like we're almost being trained to want what these influencers have especially if you followed like some of like the people from early days or like the original sort of youtubers like the Mm. kind of the zoe suggs and the tanya burrs that like genuinely like zoe sugg would go to boots with her like regular income and tell you what she thought was worth her money Mm. and then like obviously it's grown and now she's got like a big pot of cash that like even though our worlds aren't comparable anymore you're still trained to want that recommendation from that person Mm. and so I feel like I think yeah because they do position as you said they do position themselves as an authority on makeup on Mm. how to style themselves when to be honest there's loads of people out there who have like the most basic style yeah (laughs) and you're like oh okay it's it's jeans and a jumper for winter you know yeah revolutionary and and the only reason it looks like really nice is because you've got like a cracking figure Mm. or like or it's just been like like, ironed nice haircut or something like yeah it's not normally the outfit that makes it yeah you're right yeah yeah um but yeah in terms of like their collections and their shows i really like their stuff if i'm honest it's very much like the most recent collection um spring summer 21 is like has those dropped dropped waists um very 1920s reminiscent um there's capes there's a lot of tailored coats and like matching like leather or not matching but like um accompanying leather gloves which I think is always such a cool look um a bit of tiki and inspired Hawaiian prints which I thought was also really nice as well and they have they're coming up with um recently they had a resort collection mm-hmm. so I do think that Bruno is has is coming with a style that not many of the like other big brands are doing um well maybe Gucci but yeah I think that the stuff looks it does look amazing and it looks Mm. good and it's got so much potential and it's just about consistently putting on great shows and you know marketing heavily and you also mentioned about what are those pieces that come to mind that we would easily want to buy into and I, I went on the website and I was just browsing. There is one bag which I've seen on Instagram and I went hunting for it. Um, and I just I just thought, you know, why not? They've got this pencil cat bag and it's literally like nothing we've seen out at the moment. Mm. And it was, I think it's, it's like a, an old style that's been brought back and it's this rectangular box shape with the... Um, Lanvan logo as like the clasp and the handle is this solid like brass panther or cat with its back arched and that's like the top handle of it it's amazing and then they've got another one which is like a doe animal um and then they've got some quirky bags as well and they called it the happy box bag which is basically (laughs) the happy meal you know how the happy meal boxes fold in folding at the sides and so you can like pick it up they've got that in leather as one of their handbags and then they've got these really cute what I think could be quite collectible um I think they're called minodiers those Mm. little kind of box bags that Chanel does a lot of and they sell for like tens of thousands of pounds so I think they've got a lot of like vintage looking 1920s inspired Parisian pieces that maybe we're just not as you said, we're not trained to like at the moment. I think their latest their latest show is possibly one of their best for a long time, the 2021. Yeah. And like those shapes and stuff like that you said, 
it's really there's some really feminine pieces mm-hmm. like like re- but then there's also like some sassy sort of like exciting stuff yeah and really unique silhouettes and stuff like that and I can like only imagine that they've carried that through with their their accessories and all of that stuff and mm. um, so yeah I, I like you said it's it's probably a case of consistency and just um just being like yeah just being consistently like that show was cool but the yeah. problem is is that I don't normally go and even click on their show to look at what yeah. they do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah I think it's an interesting um discussion like why are some brands more popular because Chanel is really old and it could easily be seen as an old ladies brand I mean their suits that they're known for is not I mean they, they can be seen as like prissy and very girly, yeah. but it's an imitation of something your grandmother would have worn. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not, it, it has no seeming place in a world filled with sportswear yeah. and like <laughs> athleisure and um, like hype beast culture, but it still does really well. Mm, and it doesn't well. matter what, one day I will have a Chanel suit. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but that and it won't be, seen... be like my style whatsoever either. Like you said, like it somehow managed to find its place, even though it's l- the literally not relevant. Yeah, yeah. Like one bit. I will say one thing: when I was hunting for bags on their website, <sighs> they've got one, and I can't remember what its name is. I didn't note it down, but it. It's a really nice bag, and I think it's a dupe, dare I say it. I don't know what the quality is like, but I think it's a pretty good dupe for, like, a Birkin. Just the shape. Yeah, just the shape of it. Let me see if I can find the name of it now, because I feel like... Really? Yeah. The shape of it, the overall sense. Which is actually a very new, a very new, like, Chanel's never done that kind of a lady, like, shape. Mm. I'm checking it out right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um Okay, so it's called the grained leather boogie bag. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Keep searching. But it doesn't have the f- the the flap that comes over the top of the bag like a Birkin does. But it has the strap that kind of runs through the side of the bag and the padlock at the front and the overall square rectangular shape. And I mean, if you want the small, it's only 1500 pounds. And if you want the large, let me see, I think it's about three grand for the large. Mate, you don't need to spend 10 grand and a wait list. No, the medium is 2000 pounds. Where is this bag? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Um, I'll send you a link. But it's funny how if you shop around and look outside of like the typical, mm. you can find like you don't have to go for what is like the most hype product out there. I've sent it to you on chat on Zoom. Oh. Yeah. Um Oh, you said, I thought you said Chanel had it. No, I'm fine. Sorry. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's also, it's basically a hybrid of the Saint Laurent city bag. and a Oh, I love that one. Like mm. that's literally the two bags combined. Yeah. So like, what other reasons do you feel like a, other than, infighting and like company drama what can lead a brand a really luxurious particularly prison prison brand to kind of fall in the shadows I wish I was somewhat older to know like maybe it's reputation in the 90s do you know what I mean Mm. or kind of remember what maybe the reputation was in the noughties to kind of know if it's had this kind of small or slow fall from grace or it's always been like this and like I don't even think kind of retail figures can tell us that I think it's more like if my mom wanted to get like a really special handbag or she was coveting something would Lan Van like be on the list 
like I'd be really interested to know Mm -hmm. um if it's kind of just always been that kind of maybe it's got almost like a cult following and there are people who really like that it's less well known like in a Um, Bottega sense yeah that like Bottega didn't really have it wasn't on our lips until a few years ago Mm. so maybe Lanvin's just got this trusted kind of this trusted sort of maybe less celebrity like maybe less well-known people maybe it's just the wealth elite that I think I think that to some extent but I think they've probably gone through more financial trouble than um yeah Bottega in for sure um as kind of an indicator of how things are it's people still sell their stuff in vestiaire collective and that's not to say like oh that shows that that brand is like mm. some of this stuff is up for a decent price like people are selling their h&m lamb van for h&m shoes for like 70 pounds okay. and okay. their scarves and they're still fetching uh a decent price in the resale market so yeah it's definitely a brand that you have to go looking for um and like to appreciate to like go and um buy from and continue to buy from Mm. yeah and what like what do you think has kind of contributed to to it being less well known i think a hundred percent the the fact that the creative director's um, in the past five years, let's say, there's just been so many of them. Mm. I think that creative directors, in a weird way, are the figurehead of these big brands. They are the celebrity within their own company, you know? Mm-hmm. And you look at Olivier Roosting at Balmain, and when he, Balmain had, they had a, kind of a revival and a resurgence like 10 years ago or you know about that time where we had all those heavily embroidered beading and dresses and that kind of rope effect and he was bringing all this fresh new looks for Balmain he was the celebrity you know he was just as good looking as all the models (laughs) he was so striking um he was like exotic with his French accent and Mm -hmm. he was a celebrity essentially and he was and he would personally hang out with like the Kardashians yeah you know and this is at a point where Kim was coming out as um a fashionista like actually getting more and more chances to work in traditional fashion mediums for respected fashion brands and Olivier was, he was a celeb, literally. And I think that's what um, helped him push the brand forward. His stuff, his designs were really nice anyway. He's a great designer. Mm. But if you don't have that person, like um, Albert Elbaz at Lanvin, who was there for years and people knew the brand through him sort of thing. If you don't have that sort of person, then your brand just gets a bit lost um i mean all of these top 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 designer brands you see a picture of the creative director and you instantly know what brand that is if you can't remember their name you at least know who these people are do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah i definitely i think it's um a really easy way to identify how they can improve mm. um, is with just some consistency and you don't have to have the most famous creative director but like it definitely helps to know that they've got some sort of like heritage or you know some brands behind them and Mm. kudos um yeah yeah so watch the space for their next show we're rooting for you lama we're rooting (laughs) for you yeah i think there's definitely more more to come from them and maybe it will in the next few years as people's opinion of Chanel for example you talk a lot about the quality of their stuff Mm. um as our opinions for certain brands diminish others might rise and fill into that space like again we had Celine and then their creative director left and now filling that space we have Bottega and so 
that could very well happen for Lan Van, like, I don't know, as other brands are no longer as popular, like Gucci, for example. Maybe Lan Van fills in that kind of vintage aesthetic. Yeah, and I, I have no doubt that there'll again be a point when we're oversaturated with logo. Mm. And Lan Van's not a logo heavy brand, which also no. probably has factored into like its lack of kind of notoriety over the last few yeah, years. Yeah, that's such a good point. But like f- for sure, in a few years, logos will again just kind of be like not the hype and it won't be the big thing. And we won't all be wearing <laughs> or seeing Christian Dior belts, Christian Dior, like everything plastered on clothing mm. and stuff like that. Like, that will diminish because that is just how the world works. That's how trends and ebbs and flows. And there'll probably be a revival of like ladylike, you know, like, of course we all love dressing super casual. Mm -hmm. But I also wonder if we've had like, if COVID has almost helped that we'll kind of a little bit be over our joggers. Like we'll actually crave that moment where we can look. Dress up. Dressed up. Mm. And maybe long gone is dressing up jeans and a nice t-shirt. Yeah. Or, sorry, a nice top, like a blouse. Yeah. Maybe it will be like a dress or a whole thing. Mm. Um, and maybe like Lan Van will be on the rise with that revival. You heard it here first, guys. You heard it. <laughs> Always making predictions, Scarlett. <laughs> I hope no one holds them to us. No, neither. <laughs> Any anything else you want to add? I know. I think I think I've had my final thoughts on that. Cool. <laughs> well, I'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, and next week we're going to discuss um, sort of Black Friday sale culture. Oh yeah, we got to. I think that'll yeah. be a pretty big one. Well, I've been Mim. And I've been Scarlett. See you next week, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.